You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Welcome to American Sex, the award-winning podcast dedicated to challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have in the U.S. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and ridiculous, sadistic kinksters. We're also non-monogamously married to each other. So strap in or strap one on. In this house, your pleasure is power. Your kink is customizable. And your subversive perversions are revolutionary. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 183 of American Sex. See, I'm I'm digging these sound effects. I know, I know, I know. Applause. Please sit down. No standing ovations. You're too much. Oh, anyway. This week, we are diving into DS, otherwise known as dominant submissive dynamics. Sometimes they're called authority transfer, power exchange, authority exchange, TPE, and a bunch of other acronyms and monikers that essentially mean kinky power play. And we're having this conversation with Sinclair Sexsmith. They're an award-winning trans mask writer focusing on queer culture, trauma, dominant submission, spiritual kink, and transgender and non-binary issues. Sinclair's creative nonfiction and queer erotica writings appear in more than 30 anthologies. They're also the editor of multiple volumes of Best Lesbian Erotica and other erotica anthologies, too. Sinclair has been writing at sugarbutch.net since 2006, which has been named a top sex blog by a number of outlets and Sinclair is an international leather title holder and the creator of DS Playground that helps people explore and learn about dominance and submission. And there's also a live version of DS Playground coming up soon. So check the show notes for that. Now, most folks, kinky or not, know that DS or dominant submission play is a thing, but we usually have a very narrow view of what it entails. We tend to associate it with cruel authoritarianism. Get down on your knees and serve me. Yes, sir. But that's just one way to engage in DS of many, dare I say, infinite ways. Sinclair refers to DS as a trust fetish or an intimacy fetish, which I love, you know, one in which the words I own you or you are mine can send shivers right down your spine. It's a dynamic in which feeling powerless can make you feel powerful. So in this conversation, We talked to Sinclair about the areas of control that one might choose in their DS, you know, everything from all the things at all times to whatever particularly suits you. We also talk about the many archetypes and flavors of DS and the practical logistics. How do you build a trusting DS relationship and what pitfalls can you stumble into going too fast or without enough intention? We dissect the common phrase, subs have all the power. Do they really? Well, we'll see. You'll find out. And we also dissect the concept of power itself because it's a lot more complicated and multifaceted than just that simple 
five-letter word implies. And we get into fantasy versus reality and how safety factors into that and a whole bunch more. This conversation, it filled my dominant cup. It did. So you, because, you know, I'm drinking out of my dominant cup right now, you're going to sit down and put those earbuds in and you're going to enjoy this episode. Do you understand me? Okay, wait, hold on. We didn't negotiate this, so I I apologize. Maybe the roles are reversed, right? Uh, Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're not ready for that. You need to get a cup of coffee first and get into the right headspace. Yes, listener. Yes, listener. I am so sorry for not considering your needs first. Is there anything else that you need from me? Is it? See, I I just, I got to practice. I got to practice on the submission. I'll get there. I'll get there. But also, I have to mention, when we jump into this conversation, it seems to start sort of midstream. And you're right. Seems like that for a reason. When we started recording, we instantly devolved into a side conversation about the origins of urban dictionary sex acts like the hot Carl. And it was a hilarious, but also weird and unexpected, maybe a little disturbing way to start our guest conversation. So we decided to just like clop that off, put it on as a bonus track on on our Patreon page. So you can go hear that on Patreon. Uh, And speaking of Patreon, that reminds me, gotta wash the balls, right? So washing the balls here on American Sex is what we call housekeeping. So first order of business, I guess it's what the left ball. Uh, Do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Bridget, Allison, Tatiana, Brian, Polly, Design Your Bait, Julie, Tickled Pink, Snack Packs, and Roland for becoming our most recent American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And if you're like, wait, what? Patreon? What's this? Maybe I want to do that too. Well, good news. You can become an American Sex Patreon member at patreon.com slash American Sex, and you'll get stuff too, like bonus audio from our guests, extra episodes, all of our regular episodes early. I'll send you American Sex podcast stickers in the mail. You get a shout out and a lot more. Ken and I give the majority of our content away to the world for free, which is a lot more than just this podcast because we believe these conversations are critical. They are relationship improving. They're important. They're life-changing, sometimes even life-saving. And everybody should have access to them regardless of their financial ability. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everyone. So again, that address is patreon.com slash American sex. Secondly, mark your calendars. This is coming up fast for March 19th, 2022 for my no bullshit intro to kink. I'll be teaching it virtually for sex positive world. Now, this isn't your typical BDSM 101 workshop. While this class is a solid introduction to kink basics, it's also chock full of valuable tools and insights for kinksters of all experience levels. In it, I outline the frameworks for custom building kinky experiences that fit your specific needs and desires. I help you bypass the bullshit by debunking myths and one true wayisms and misleading stereotypes that are common within kink circles. In addition to an overview of BDSM basics, 
You'll get tips for playing with intention and in ways that empower. And of course, we also explore practical strategies for consent, ethics, you know, healthy communication, identifying your interests and your limits and building creative scenes and cultivating playfulness and minding safety and navigating community and all a bunch of stuff. Plus, it's going to be a good fun time and we're going to laugh our asses off too because you always laugh your asses off with me. Again, this is a virtual class, um, but Zoom rooms can fill up. Uh, so get your tickets more sooner than later because sometimes my classes sell out and I want you to be there. The link to the class will be in the show notes right now in the episode description. Plus, there's going to be links to a bunch of other things like our Discord community, uh, Patreon, our sponsor coupons for sex toys and BDSM gear, lots of stuff. And any links pertaining to the topic we talk about today will also be in there. So go to americansexpodcast.com for episode 183, or just go to the episode description and whatever player you're listening to right now. So one last thing, and this is really important. Should I be dummy again? Sit down and listen and take this seriously. Spank, spank. I don't say that. Whatever. Anyway, this is serious. So you heard about what's happening in Texas, right, with the trans kids, the, the governor, Governor Abbott, without having to pass any bills, found existing legal loopholes to stipulate that mandated reporters have to tell the state about uh, transgender children that might be receiving gender affirming health care. So, you know, according to Governor Abbott, he says things like puberty blockers, for instance, meet the state's legal uh requirement for abuse or legal standard for abuse. And it can cause, quote, mental or emotional injury to a child that results in observable and material impairment in the child's growth, development, or psychological functioning under Section 261 of the Texas Family Code. Uh, long story short, if you're the parent of a trans kid who's receiving gender-affirming medical care, you can be charged with child abuse. Your trans kids can be, you know, carted off to foster care. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. So not only is this bad, but when this news came out, which was well over a week ago at this point, a couple days later, there were DAs of five of Texas largest counties. They're saying they refuse to enforce this, yada, yada, yada. So by now, by the time you're hearing this, this might feel like yesterday's news, like, whoo, you know, yeah, it's still on the books, but like, no one's uh, gonna enforce it. So we're good. Don't be complacent. Don't think this is over. I urge you don't let your guard down on stuff like this. And please continue to be loud, continue to talk about this. I'm going to give a nod to, to our last episode about Spotify and Joe Rogan. You know, things like this are not just about that single event. This isn't just about that one law in Texas that it turns out nobody's going to enforce anyway. So whoo, it's over and we can rest easy. All of these things that stand alone maybe seem to be over or not as impactful are pieces in a larger 
very much more impactful puzzle. So these anti-trans bills, uh, don't say gay, like they have in Florida, or the anti-CRT bills, like the one in Wisconsin I talked about last week that proposes disallowing lessons in school that include concepts like critical self-awareness, critical self-reflection, and unconscious bias. What? All of these ridiculous proposals, even if they don't become law, one of the strategies is they're designed to wear us down. It's a popular long game strategy for those trying to acquire that systemic control and suppression to very slowly get more and more and more ridiculous. Because even if these things don't become law, first of all, it's kind of like what throwing throwing shit up against the wall. Like you never know. Sometimes some of it sticks, right? Um, but even if it doesn't stick, it it wears us down because the first time we hear about something like this, we are outraged. We expend all of our energy writing all of our congresspeople, and we're on social media, and there's petitions, and we're protesting, and ah, uh, and then whatever silly thing that was being proposed goes away. It never happens. It never passes. And by the time we're on like the 47th thing that we need to be outraged about, legitimately, we're kind of desensitized or we think, oh, we're going to expend all this energy. It's just going to go away anyway. We can't get complacent. That's what they're relying on us to do. So even though this Texas thing seems over, write your senators and your Congress people. I don't care if you're in Texas or not. Damn straight if you're in Texas. Who knows if they'll listen to you? But in any state, let your state representatives know, like, if this happens in our state, this is not going to fly. I love using the site ResistBot. I'll have a link to it in the episode description where you can look up like, okay, I want to write my uh, Congress people or senators or whoever about XYZ law. You look it up there and it does it all for you by text. It has a pre-written letter that you can modify in any way you please or send it as is. And it's very easy to contact your state reps through ResistBot. So I highly recommend using it for the for the Texas bills, for anything else, for earn it. We talked about earn it last week. Because like when we look at the Texas thing or any of these standalone issues in a bigger picture, like I said, earn it act. Also social media terms of service. Did you hear? March 7th, TikTok their new terms of service is going into effect. And like, we've been through this. We keep going through at least once or twice a year. All of the social media sites at the same time, they clamp down more and more and more and more. You can't even post your thirst traps. Okay, yeah, it's sad, but we're tired, right? We're tired because we protest and nothing happens. Well, now this March 7th TikTok one, not only are they clamping down more on sexual content that's so vaguely worded, does that mean uh, my shoulder is popping out of my shirt. I, I don't know what that means. But there is now for the first time, or well, no, I take that back for the first time, at least in recent memory or many iterations of the terms of service, no exception for sex education content. That's a problem. Because what falls under sex education, yes, what we think of straight up sex education, but also LGBTQ activism, all sorts of stuff. That's pretty damn scary. And people are kind of complacent now. And a few folks have been like, oh, 
there's there's no clause for sex education. And then it's sort of being washed under the bridge. There was a lot of, at least in my feeds, social media talk about this for a good half a week. And now nothing. So again, all of this stuff is designed to wear us down. And at first, it seems to be things that only affect people on the margins, right? Or something as trivial as, oh, just posting a thirst trap, right? But they're slowly eroding our access to pleasure. That leads to eroding our access to personal or lifestyle freedoms, which slippery slopes into civil rights. And by the time all of that affects enough people to have a large enough percentage of the population going, holy shit, then it's too late. It is much easier to stop these laws before they become laws than it is to reverse them later. It's much easier to prevent these people from getting into office in the first place than it is to let them get elected and try to get them out later. It's much easier to hold the legislators that we semi-trust accountable now for these little things than it is to let these little things slide and only speak up when they get real big. And the thing is, they know that and they're playing our complacency and our exhaustion with the ridiculousness to their advantage. They're playing the fact that we're worried about other shit, like inflation, we can't afford our bills, rents are doubling. They're banking on us worrying about our basic survival and not paying as much attention to all this happening. So if you haven't listened to episode 182, our last episode, please do. And my goal by talking about this stuff is that it inspires you to look at what's going on around us, all these little tiny pieces of the puzzle as one big hole through a different lens. And I am not trying to convince you to think like me or to have the same attitudes as me. I'm simply encouraging you to think very critically about what's going on and not take things at face value and to see how they can fit into the big picture and and not to be conspiracy theory, like there's a big master plan and they're all, ha, 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 ha. Some of these things just fall in place. And coincidentally, they happen to be the perfect thing to help set the stage for something disastrous. So I had to bring this up because we're getting to that point, y'all. We With the Europe and, and the, the Ukraine and all the things. There's so many things. Anyway, okay, everybody, take a breath. Take a breath. We're going to talk about DS relationships and all the fun and pleasure of kink. Oh, I have to say, I have to officially declare these balls are now clean. Oh, with the wrong sound effect. Although maybe inadvertently, that was the right sound effect. That's I'm supposed to play the magic. Also not the right sound effect, but at the same time, totally the right sound effect for all of the fuckery that we're dealing with in this world. But really, here's the clean. These balls are clean. Here is DS with Sinclair Sexsmith. Okay, let's get to DS. (laughs) 
No, I am super excited to talk to you. I have been wanting to have this conversation with you for the longest time. Not this conversation. No, not, not the <laughs> conversation we're about to have. Yes. Oh, shit, man. Okay. Um, I remember Diane. being at the Sex Down South conference. And I can't even, you gave a keynote and I can't even exactly remember, but it was, it was like a lot of DS stuff. I don't remember the exact subject. Mm, and I was it like, it's called the sexual politics of BDSM. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, it, I was like, oh, 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 you spoke to my like kink geek. I, I just love um, your, I don't know, approach, outlook, um, how your framework and how you take things apart. Um, and address the nuance. So, and your thing is DS or authority transfer, or authority exchange, or mm-hmm. a, a eighty gazillion different words. So, let's start there. When it comes to American fuckers, which are the listeners of our podcast, they're the American fuckers. Some American fuckers are like really into kink and they know all the terms and some American fuckers are just stumbling in and they're like, why are we talking about poop? But we're done with that. Um, But they may not be as familiar with all of these terms. So first of all, what is authority transfer? And then like, what are all those other, you know, 24, 24, seven TPE and power exchange and how are those the same or different? Mm -hmm. So authority transfer, authority exchange, power exchange, power dynamics, kind of kind of interchangeable words all for a consensual relationship that involves one person having being the authority figure in the relationship and the other person um, surrendering and uh, giving over to their authority. And Uh it could be on one thing, it could be mostly in the bedroom, or it could be all the way to, you know, you control what I eat and what I wear and what I do and how I keep my hair and all sorts of aspects of someone's Uh life. And uh, so sometimes we talk about that as um, like a cartography of control, like what's your map of control. Okay. Uh, But there's also just areas of control. People call that kind of areas of control. What areas of control do you control in your relationship or does your partner control? And it could be one or two things. It could be conditional, like you control me you know, on Friday nights when we have a date, but never any other time, or it could be you always control what kind of underwear I wear, or it could be you control everything about my life. Right, right. Wide, wide range. And so people get to negotiate and consent to which areas there that are under control, which areas are not. Mm-hmm. And so this, uh, you know, various areas of control or not control can still fall under more of the 24-7 kind of vibe of authority transfer, et cetera. I know a lot of people, uh, when they hear that term, they think it means everything, no exceptions. And you're right. saying it's really what you agree I wanna, to. I want to add something on that dovetails to that. One of the most interesting pieces of advice I've ever received as a dom had nothing to do with me being a dom, but it was me being a human in a bar. And it was one of my, it was somebody who was going to become a submissive. And I didn't know that at the time. She goes, Ken, while you may be a dom, you're not my dom. Right. And that really clicked with me because it talked about all the things that I was implying and attitude adjustments that I needed to make. Um, And a lot of what you're talking about says that there's consent negotiation and an already established relationship. 
And I think a lot of people, especially people that are newer, right, will take that and run with it, not realizing that like they, they don't have that consent to like you know they they you know maybe they just discovered being a fin dom or they're brand new to it and they want to express their domliness to everybody else. But I think this is a um, just a good commentary, yeah, on what isn't said. Yeah, yeah, I agree absolutely. And you know, speaking of new people. I see a lot, you know, I watch, my eyes are watching everywhere in, you know, different corners of communities, what's happening online. And I see a lot of new folks who they're like, I want to get into a DS relationship. Oh, I just discovered King. I really want to get into a DS relationship. And they meet someone who might at, at the, the very start, you know, be, I'm your dom. I'm going to control everything. So let's talk about like, what does that take? What are red flags? Um, is this kind of thing for everybody? Is it for new people? Like, how do you navigate that? Wow. Yeah, there's so many. It's it's a really complicated subject. And so there's so many good questions you're asking and many questions for people to be kind of aware of as they're getting into it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that one of the things I want to say is um, that for me – Authority exchange is primarily about the core being like a trust fetish <laughs> and a, and a, a fetish for just like for intimacy almost, yeah. which feels kind of bana- like vanilla or benign when you say it like that. But what I really love is to be really, really close with the pe- person that I'm dating, the people I'm dating, the, the relationships that I'm in. And I have not found another form or structure of relationship that is as sexy or as close as as things like dominance and submission. Uh-huh. And there are so many flavors within dominance and submission, right? Like there's people know a lot about like the daddy dom genre, right. you know, that can be like kind of big and little, but there can also be all sorts of other flavors of dominance and not just um, daddying or mommying or being little, but um you know, many, many archetypes that fit within dominance. And that's probably a whole other yeah, yeah. conversation too, but I could get, you know, we could put a pin in that for later. Um, and I think that, so for that reason, because it's like, a, a to me, a trust fetish and an intimacy fetish um, and, and a bit of an ownership fetish. I mean, right. I throw, you know, there's a lot of pieces to all of that, but um, I definitely have a fetish for, you know, words like I own you and, you know, you're mine. Right. Like, and I think, uh, I think a lot of people, I think it resonates with a lot of people, the security that that implies. Mm-hmm. And because it's such a trust fetish, it's, uh, it's, it's a relationship structure that is, that I think is probably done best when built too slowly, mm-hmm. when building up trust over time and when um, slowly escalating the trust. So meeting someone, you know, first date, second date, maybe even the first month, second month, uh, I would imagine f- most of the time it is the safest to be not giving over every aspect of your life to someone you've just met, but to, you know, wait for a little while. And from the Dom perspective, not taking responsibility and control over someone's life early on, but taking a little bit of control here and there and then escalating that and seeing what happens. And so to me, it's about you know, building the trust, um, meeting meeting different milestones of trust, and then uh, uh, and escalating that, and uh, for as far as somebody wants to go. So, mm-hmm. 
uh, sometimes I talk about this as a, a as a de-escalator. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, not yeah, it's kind of silly, but you can you can imagine de-es hyphen collator. Yeah. Um, in a similar way, though, that uh, uh, the relationship escalator is talked about, right. often people assume that as time goes on, the control will go up. So, you know, the, the graph will just be a, a steady, you know, 45 degree angle up to the corner, like with time along the x-axis and control along the y. So you get, as, you know, as time goes on, you end up with more areas of control that that the dominant has control over or the submissive is giving over. But like the relationship escalator, I don't think that's necessarily true. Someone could only want to give this much control over ever, and mm-hmm. they won't want to give, uh, you know, just continually steadily give more and more areas of control over to their dominant. They And then as a dominant, you might not actually want that much that many areas of control that's a lot of responsibility and a lot of um uh uh, additional work on a dominance part so um it's possible to just say you know i want control of you know the kind of panties that you wear but i don't want control over everything else you need to figure out how to like get yourself to work on time and keep your room clean and whatever kind of areas of you know, aspects of life that might be seen as common in a DS dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive into the why. Um, you know, there there's all sorts of different reasons that people would want to do this for some, you know, who where it's maybe more of a sexual thing, you know, it's more erotic, it's fun. There are other folks that, you know, will use it like help me get to work on time sort of thing. Um, so why do people like to do this? And what are the different flavors of, I guess, goals or purposes behind DS that there are? Mm-hmm. I think you brought up two really good ones. One is the sexual um, arousal and just, it's just hot and sexy and uh, turns me on to, you know, tell somebody to do something or to have someone tell me what to do. And, um, and I just, it, it, it for me anyway, personally, there's not a lot of sex that compares when, uh, you know, it's almost like a, an orientation for me where mm-hmm. I really, I really feel drawn to these kind of dynamics. And it took me a while to do the research and, and learn the communities and get involved with the communities and feel um, like I understood what my inclination was. Right. Um, and, other people, it is a lot more practical. Um, I think sex is often an aspect, although I do know asexual folks who are in, and like aromantic folks who are in um, DS dynamics, and and that can be a security thing, or it could be a kink thing, like a non-sexual kink thing. Um, it could also be really practical, like you said, with like having someone to guide and support you. Right. Uh, I know some submissives who say, you know, left to my own devices, I don't really run my life all that great. So it's really helpful to have somebody else kind of looking over me and giving me some some parameters for like how I can and should live my life. An executive yeah. function dom. Yes. <laughs> yes. I exactly. could I could get down with that. I'm not really too subby, but if I had an executive function dom, I might be like, okay. 
Okay. <laughs> I have had multiple people ask me if I could dom them into writing their dissertation or their thesis or something. And and the short answer is kind of no. Like that's it's very hard to mm-hmm. make somebody do something that they don't necessarily want to do. And of course, like with the example of a thesis, people do want to do the thesis, but they're having a lot of trouble, you know, uh making that happen. So there's there's there can be some like coaching involved in being right. a dominant or in that DS dynamic. Um, sometimes people really have a fetish for being made to do something they don't want to do, quote unquote, made to, uh-huh. uh, you know, within the kind of bounds of consent. You know, I will consent to do things that you tell me to do even when I don't want to do them, right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of different, a lot of different whys behind this. Um, I, I definitely think for me, it was an, a, a bit of an orientation and, uh, you know, I just kind of can have a bossy personality and I like to tell people what to do. Um, and it, and it gets me hot to be in that position of control, authority, dominance, um, and, and trust and someone who trusts me that much mm-hmm. to do, to do those things and to do those things safely with their best interests and my best interests in mind. I love it. I would, I would love to hear you deconstruct or give your thoughts on the phrase in kink submissives hold all the power (laughs) (laughs) i have my thoughts but i want to hear yours what 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 do you uh think about when you hear that phrase or are there i don't know what do you want to dig into when you hear that phrase i think it's the word all in kink submissives hold all the power well not not really. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think I think I think different scenes maybe hold different kinds of power in different ways for different people, you know. I'm kind of always skeptical of any all statement. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm skeptical of all all, all statements. So. <laughs> <laughs> Way to make an all statement out of that skepticism. Right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um uh, but you know in in kink some, I'm even trying to say like, okay, could we could we say in kink bottoms hold all the power? Because I think bottoming and submitting are different. Yeah. Uh, and I don't actually think I even agree with that. Yeah. And the and the thing the reason that I love the phrase authority exchange over something like power dynamic is because it implies and it explicitly says the exchange part. Yeah. Um, and to me, it is very much an exchange of power. Maybe the submissive surrenders power, gives up power, um, gives over some of their power. Yeah. But the dominant uh, gives it back to them in right. the form of energy, attention, time, devotion, you know, slaps, whatever kind of, you know, fucking play whatever kind of play is happening yeah and i like what i what i like about this is uh what i like about the phrase submissives hold all the power is that people often have a really misconstrued stereotype idea about submissives being doormats and Mm -hmm. taken advantage of and i i think that there's such a strong stereotype there that it's important to actually counteract that with really empowered, um, strong, like strong and, and yeah, just powerful submissives. Right. I think it's important to counteract those, those, those stereotype messages. Um, 
but that part of the point of submitting is actually feeling powerless and that there's empowerment in feeling powerless. Right. So it's, it's just more complicated than that. And, uh, the other pro- the other thing I want to deconstruct, okay, we've done all, we've done submissives. Now, the third piece is the word power. Yes, and, yeah. Oh, I'm a geeking out. Okay, go. Yeah, go, and power. <laughs> so the problem with using the word power, and the, which is the same problem as using it with the word power exchange or power or power dynamic, is that people, there's many definitions of what power is, and many uh-huh. people think about it as this personal empowerment that comes from within, like, my personal power. Um, but then there's interpersonal power and there's institutionalized power and uh, uh-huh. kind of social power dynamics. So there's many things we talk about when we use the word power. Uh-huh. And and what are we talking about here specifically? Um, submissives hold all the personal empowerment. Uh-huh. Hopefully not. Like hopefully the dominant is also personally empowered. Submissives hold all the interpersonal power uh-huh. and interpersonal control of that relationship. No, they don't. Right. Uh, they do hold limit their own limits and and consent you know the circle that they can say this is the circle we're inside of and i want to play in here but dominance get to do that too this is the circle we're inside of i want to play in here um so you know i i'm not sure that that's not sure i do agree uh and i think it's a good like 101 but when you get a little more up into the study of it you can get a lot more nuance yeah so submissives hold the empowerment to always say no mm-hmm. and consent. Yes, yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, this is one of the things I completely geek out on. And I agree. Like when we say power, we don't know what we mean. Like w- what I tend to say is, sure, submissives hold all the power over their own autonomy. Sure. Not yeah. like, you know, the whole everything. over. Yeah, And, right. you know, and then we confuse power with autonomy, with power within that dynamic or scene versus outside of it. Like you were saying, you know, right. structurally or just like default world power versus dynamic power, you right, know. Right. Um, and then like authority, I think it is, is it is a different thing because – like, uh, okay, let's say we're watching uh, a dom and a sub interact, like from, you know, third party, we're, we're watching them. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the dominant has all the authority, like, you must do this, you mu-, you know, bang, I'm being stereotypical, get on your knees and bang, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so by looking at them, we assume, like, they have all the authority, they have all the control, they have all the power. We usually look at them and also assume that the motivation is the dominance wants. It's because the dominant wants the submissive to do that, and the submissive has no choice but to comply. It doesn't matter what they want. You know, that's the assumption. Um, But, like, if we really, you know, peel back the, I don't know, facade, uh, do you agree that oftentimes maybe that dominant is acting in a way that's kind of in service to the submissive, like facilitating something. Can you talk about that? Like, like the different flavors of service and how it can be maybe a little deceiving or services going on like under the surface that we don't really realize. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that even the do- like, uh, say there's a scene, a submissive and a dominant or you know, getting together, having a date, they're going to play, they're going to fuck. They, 
the submissive has agreed to do everything the dominant tells them to do. You know, maybe they've discussed some hard limits. They've discussed, you know, this is what, this is what's on the table tonight. We're going to work on, you know, flogging, spanking, paddling, and then we're going to fuck or whatever it is. Uh And, um, and the, but the submissive job is to do everything the dominant wants. The dominant is driving this, but they've, they're working within a consent circle, you know, Uh um, the submissive might still be following everything quote the dominant wants, but, what the submissive wants is to submit to those things. Right. So ultimately the, anything that's happening, hopefully, ideally is also in service to what the submissive wants. Right. Um, Sometimes what submissives wants also is submissives want is to get off the hook for their desires, you know, to not Uh have to claim and, and, and like own that they want to be fucked up this way or, or, you know, uh, beaten, you know, uh, have some sort of impact play, have be tortured in some way, you know, that might feel a little scary if they're like, oh, this is what my dom wants. I'm doing it for my dom. There's a way that someone can kind of bypass some sexual shame there. And for a lot of people, we have a lot of sexual shame. So that is a very common thing I see. And I don't think there's actually anything really wrong with that. I mean, there's all sorts of questions one could ask to keep like digging in and dissolving some of that sexual shame just mm-hmm. because sexual shame sometimes feels yucky and doesn't serve us well, you know, yeah. but I, I don't think we have to, like, I think that it's an okay reason to just be like, I just want to be off the hook for my desires. I want someone else to want me really badly. And, um, and that's what turns me on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that you've probably read that uh, come as you are book and, yeah, and oh, yeah. know about like the, uh, responsive desire model, yes. right? Like, so there's, I think there's a lot of submissives who also have really responsive desire who want to have an active, lovely sex life and who, and kink life, um, but who, who have trouble initiating on their own or just don't feel a lot of drive on their own. Mm-hmm. So having someone else initiate and kind of uh, control, uh, you know, uh, uh, orchestrate the scenes that happen right. uh, can be a really great way to work with responsive desire. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to recap for the American fuckers listening who aren't familiar with those concepts. Um, so come as you are by Emily Nagoski, read it, read it, read it, read it. If you have not, um, but basically a spontaneous versus responsive desire, spontaneous is des- desire is kind of like h- how we stereotypically think of people getting turned on, like in the movies, like they see someone sexy and they get a boner immediately and they just want fuck and um that doesn't you know that's not everybody that's that's not me like i'm very much a responsive desire person like i have to get my engine revved a little bit i have to maybe engage in a little bit of foreplay before i feel like okay i'm rearing to go um and for a lot of folks kink is that like mental foreplay to really get in the mood so yeah i absolutely well, let me say, let me jump in with one more thing, yeah. which is that um, DS has a why, you know, we already talked kind of about 24-7 and that both stereotype and idea and, and de-escalation, the de- de-escalation, <laughs> uh, this expectation that we're like all DS relationships will start small and then go huge and become this, you know, 24-7 DS. Um, and that's just not true. There's so many people that stay with their kind of bedroom only DS and have, you know, they might love to, you know, be thrown around a little bit in bed or to be told what to do or, or submit and surrender in bed, but they might 
not have any desire to have that come out into their day-to-day life. Or they might want it just in one little aspect, like, you know, I'm going to pick the bra you're wearing. I'm going to pick the jockstrap you're wearing, right? whatever it is. Um, And I think that motivation is also really different for someone who wants to be in, in a, in a, like a relational DS dynamic that is, that is at the core of the relationship versus um, uh, having it be activities that someone does and engages in. Right. You know, so engaging in the activity might have different kinds of motivation than Uh engaging in the, in the dynamic, in the relationship dynamic. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I I just like I geek out on like power and and oh I me too. It. It. That's why it. we're I talking. I know. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about using uh authority, power, whatever you know we're calling it, uh, in kink in a healthy way, and using it in a maybe not so healthy way. And let's also frame that in the context of, um who is, you know, the D and who is the S and what kind of power uh, structures they may have in the default world or relationship mm. with power in the default world, like is is power or the uh, propensity or ways in which you either get empowered by it or abuse it, how dependent is that on if you're marginalized, if you're, you know, have privilege in the default world. Let's let's go there. There's so many places to start. Too. So <laughs> like, many. Okay, we'll yeah, talk yeah. for the next five hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be great. Actually, I would really enjoy that. I think. Um, so, what comes to my mind there is because um, uh, I'm I'm also an erotica writer and uh, have been pondering a lot about fantasy lately and like safety and fantasy and how often the unsafe fantasies are the ones that are the sexiest, but, uh, you know, what are the kind of ethical ideas around, you know, what, what if, what an erotica writer should or shouldn't write. Um, and maybe that's a slightly different conversation actually. Although I, I have totally some, geek out on that too, because I have, like, oh, I have, I have a whole fantasy versus, you. oh my God. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. 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 We can do that later. <laughs> but let me go back to like healthy, unhealthy and marginalized power and such. So, So what's true is that between any two people, there are some areas where someone will hold more privilege and areas where they're holding, you know, where they're further from privilege, where they're more on the margins. Uh And it can be just a little bit and not have a huge impact on the relationship, or it could be really big and have a very big impact on the relationship. Um, When you're looking at erotica, often erotica leans on these real world power, or, or what did you call it? Default world? Default world, yeah. Default world power differentials um, to make a dominant have more power and a submissive have less, less power, right? Uh-huh. Like a dominant will be older, they'll be more experienced, so the submissive will be younger and be newer or less experienced. Often the submissives are virgins in erotica, yeah. even. Um, and uh, the dominant will often also have a lot more money and sometimes an in- extreme amount more money, like billionaire status um versus a you know 
college student who would not have much money. I'm thinking about Fifty Shades, of course, because yeah, it's I, a, yeah, yeah. such an epic example mm-hmm. of all of the of this kind of genre. Uh, they call it bildom porn and or bildom erotica. <laughs> um, and there's many, many books in this genre, right? Like Fifty yeah. Shades kind of made the big made the crossover and the splash, but there's so many. Um, and even examples like there's an erotica anthologies about uh, that are specifically about like cops, you know, there's erotica anthologies. Uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but you know no, what? Totally. I, I gotta tell you that. And I think we, we brought this up. Like there was another conversation we had that sometimes, and I will admit to this, I fantasize about being like ravished by the most, not even physically disgusting, but like mentally disgusting person I would never actually want to be with in real life. And as like one of those like gross fantasies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can see that. Like in real life, I'm like. Wait, wait, wait. Is it, so please tell me you didn't fantasize about getting done by a cop. Uh, really? <laughs> people have weird <laughs> fucking. You know what? Just because it's a fantasy doesn't right. mean you want to do it, right? I would never do it in real life, like right. never. I, by the way, I'm totally joking. I don't. Yeah, I but it's like joke. it's like that, like like that hate. Fu- not even a hate People fuck. It's like you're me. being, uh, you know, dominated or ravaged by somebody that you fucking hate. But I, that which would be a hate fuck. But but <laughs> it would be a, it would be a hate. It would be more of a hate like force fuck. Like I think of hate fucks as Still. willingly. I am like willingly seducing you and hate fucking you. Where Not this is like I'm being ravaged and I have no choice. You've never hate fucked an ex. I have, but oh, that's okay. different. That's different. That's, <laughs> right. I'm thinking really? like gangbang scenario, kind of like help me, you know, like consensual non consent kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we lean on these like actual privileged identity categories to give us the power dynamic and the power differential that we might be craving too, right? Right. And erotica does this a lot. Erotica leans on all sorts of tropes where people have actual a default world um, uh, privilege and, and like power over someone else, like a teacher and a student Mm -hmm. or even a, uh, you know, there's a lot, like I mentioned it before, the like daddy little thing in the big little world of um, age play, like parents and, and daddy mommy figures have a lot more power than children. And so we lean on all sorts of tropes like that to kind of hook into the, uh, the, the power differential and like make that power dif- bigger between the two characters and between mm-hmm. or, or between ourselves and someone else. Right. So right. there's, so there's ways that we do this all the time. We lean on these kind of differentials in privilege um, to, to show the power. And when we're talking about a, a fantasy, an erotic fantasy, that's one thing. When we're talking about a relationship that we are aiming to be as healthy as possible <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the real world, in the default world, um, it can be a big problem to have a huge power differential there while also having an intentional power dynamic or authority exchange there. So in in that case, like my opinion or my my best practices as of right now that I know is to really try to make those places where we hold privilege or where we are on the margins as our identities uh, really conscious and mm-hmm. aware, be aware of them so that we can play with them intentionally and not accidentally fall into stereotypes about it yeah you know what i just realized that late stage capitalism is 
inserting itself into our porn, and I have a strong need for kami mommy dami porn. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. My nipples just went <laughs> <laughs> They did. <laughs> did they really? Oh yes, my god. they did. Okay. Indeed. You are a kami mommy dami. Com- yes. That, I does love that, exist? that. But go buy that URL right seriously though like it's and it's coming from such an opposite place of empowerment because you're an equal or lesser than would like starting off so kami mommy dami porn i'm needing it Ooh, i also i also uh i haven't heard anyone talk about it but i'm also i don't go around uh the like uh erotica genre circles or current fan fiction but i bet you there is like consensual non-consent ravishment with like jeff bezos and elon (laughs) musk and that kind of capitalism like you're you're literally getting fucked over by billionaires and there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it because you need mm-hmm. your Amazon Prime. We, we're already <laughs> living that. Why, why is that the fantasy, man? That's the reality. <laughs> I thought Christ. you were going to go the other way where Bezos and uh, Musk are getting plowed. In these, I, you know, they're very submissive. That's so more you know. my, like, I just, there are some people, I don't know. Or they're like, forced to sell all their profits into NFTs. Oh my god, I love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought of play on words. Like, oh my god. Oh, okay. I just poof. Brilliant. Indeed, brilliant Mr. scene. Musk. Brilliant scene based on a pun. Okay, so I am cucking Elon Musk like. Uh, like you and me are going at it and oh. he's like tied to a chair or something and uh, we can tease him, you know, like doing nothing for my commie mommy. Donnie I know, one. but we can tease him and then we can call it NFTs. Like we're teasing uh, and he can't cause he's being cucked. Okay. Now from, uh, in suck. my brain, it was amazing. <laughs> That's funny. I like it. Or opening up a, like an actual tea shop called NFT. Oh, that's Ooh, a that's terrible cute. idea. NFTs. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh my god. My teas are fungible, indeed. I, I am so I'm so thankful. Pup Amp uh, coined the phrase uh, "pun sexual" because I am a pun sexual. Yes, yes indeed. Like, yeah, I, I totally am. Anyway, uh, so where were we? Oh, power differentials. <laughs> Kami mabi dami porn. That's where we were at. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, and and like uh, making privilege dif- difference of privilege and margin identities within a, dy- a power dynamic really conscious, so that mm-hmm. we can, yes. um, be intentional about the ways that we are submitting or or taking control, and that we're you know that we're not that we're not doing that subconsciously. And to me, that is the biggest. Uh, sorry, unconsciously that we're not doing it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's the biggest. Um, both learning and also pleasure. One of the biggest out of D- out of my DS dynamics at all, which is that um, we can explicitly talk about the ways that someone holds more or less power, and and then also consciously decide then who is going to hold the power in this scene, this relationship, this moment, this dynamic, this week, whatever. Right? Like there's there's people who switch within their partnership and. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I have a lot of admiration for that. I think that's very skillful. Um, and I think, you know, often erotica, but also in just real life, we see people with more privilege and think 
that they should, you know, be dominant, be in charge, and we we should surrender. And that may or may not be what we actually want to do, right? Uh-huh. Like, so it's it's making those moments uh, and the, and the power differentials conscious is such an important piece of it for me. And to me, that's also about you know it ties into my social justice social justice politics, making power conscious, uh, uh-huh. naming power when it happens. You know, not like kind of what you said, Ken. Um, earlier about like you might be a dom but you're not my dom like being intentional about who we have power over and who we don't Mm -hmm. absolutely sometimes doing less can lead to so much more and dipsy stories wants to inspire you to do less analyzing and more feeling your feelings, less stressing and more easing into things, less pressure and more pleasure. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they have brand new written stories too. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. Close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only really good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a very safe, very shame-free way. There's hundreds of stories to choose from too, plus they release new content every week. And they have wellness sessions to help you wind down and explore or sleep sessions to help you drift off. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. That's dipsystories.com slash sunny. You know, our sex lives are like a garden that we have to keep tending just when we're like, ooh, we planted a new crop of sexy, exciting things. We get used to them and then they get kind of boring and we fall into the same old dull routine only to have to find another new crop to excite us again. Well, I have a new seed you can plant. A fun, sexy box from Like a Kitten. Like a Kitten will ship you a gift box with all of your erotic essentials. Everything from massages to vibrators to even handcuffs. It is your one-stop shop for a perfect evening. And this month, they're helping you plant your own garden with their BYOB box, which is the Build Your Own Box. You get to choose one item out of their six categories, which are beauty products, lubes, toys, games, sexy accessories, and lingerie. And in each of those categories, you have eight or more products you can choose from. So you don't want to know what I chose in my box? I got Uber Lube, Silicone Lube, love it. Screaming O Bestie Bullet, the It's the Bomb Bullet Bath Bomb, a nice, soft and silky, but kind of, ooh, stingy, white rabbit leather flogger, a black satin robe, a badass coloring book, and more. And what's really cool is the box only costs 79 bucks. You know, some vibrators alone retail for more than that. And... Oh, it's even better for you. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering American Sex Podcast listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash sunny or just enter the code sunny at checkout. That's S-U-N-N-Y. 
So likeakitten.com slash sunny or use the code sunny to get 20% off these incredible boxes. That's likeakitten.com slash sunny. And that link is in our episode description. Guess what? It's finally time to start that podcast you've been thinking about. Go! Because I've got two free months of podcasting service for you with Libsyn. List your show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, get a dashboard full of critical show building stats. Plus, Libsyn even does video. Use the code SUNNY at Libsyn.com or follow the link in the show notes. Absolutely. And I think, you know, more and more as I see the, oh, I don't know, the trends or the the, the common collective uh, approach to kink changing as the times change, I'm really happy that I see more and more people really recognizing the difference between like, uh, you know, this whatever situation is within the dynamic and that holds the fantasy versus there are times when we are stepping outside of this dynamic, whether it's in negotiation, whether it's in our, you know, quote, real lives when we're not engaging in that dynamic. And I think that um, that blurred line between fantasy and reality or not understanding when each one comes into play is, uh, you know, kind of like quicksand for a lot of kinksters where we can get sucked into some really bad patterns, habits, uh, you know, abusive situations when we don't recognize that difference. Would you agree? Mm. Sure. I mean, I think humans, we can all get sucked into patterns and uh, abusive situations or, you know, accidentally become uh, have this become a a habit that we didn't really mean to, right? Like, because so much of our brains run unconsciously and Mm -hmm. we kind of want them to because we want to be able to process information that quickly. But um, that means your brain will make patterns happen and, and make habits happen sometimes without your knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) It takes time to like be really conscious of it and be really conscious of your actions and what you're doing and how you're, how you're rolling in the world. Mm -hmm. It just takes a lot of practice and effort. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. Which Let's- makes me go, oh, I'm tired. But you know, <laughs> it's good. It's worthwhile efforting, but it just means um, t- a lot of it is slowing down, right? Mm-hmm. And so dominance and, and the practice of DS does that for me a lot. It makes me really conscious of what I'm doing, how I'm behaving, the impact I'm having on other people, all of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really important to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about, I hear a lot of people say, when you're in a DS relationship or a, you know, finger quote, serious DS relationship, or if it's 24 seven or whatever, you get to the point, I guess on that DS escalator, like you, mm-hmm. you graduate up to the point, not only are you in a 24 seven dynamic, um, you get to the point where the submissive is not allowed to have safe words or you don't use safe words. Mm. Let's talk about that. Um, Cause there, you know, there are some couples or, you know, DS dynamic folks, whether they consider themselves couples or not, that, um, you know, technically say like, you know, we don't use safe words, but can you dig into what that really means? Sure. Um, I think there's, I think there's a couple things that people often mean when they say that. And one is um, that the dominant usually kind of 
knows the submissive so well and is tracking and attuned to the submissive and their state and what they look like and how they bruise and how they submit, um, that they are holding the submissive's limits and the submissive isn't. Mm-hmm. So they they are so like well attuned that they would be able to tell like oh this submissive my person now is like really getting to the edge I'm gonna push him just a little bit more and then I'm gonna back off because I know where they are right now and like this is the edge and the quote breaking point you know this is the place that I want them to go to mm-hmm. um, and so there's it's it's kind of a trust game right of like really having so much trust established that that then, quote, we don't play with safe words. Right. Um, I think another, I, I think what is, I, I hope, I guess, <laughs> what is true also is that um, generally in DS dynamics, um, you know, you, you can f- you can really hear the difference in someone's voice if they're kind of playing with, you know, no, stop, don't, you know, uh-huh. versus like, ow, you're on my hair <laughs> or like, <laughs> um or like, fuck, something just happened, you know, like, I have a Charlie horse, whatever, right? Like something might not even be very extreme, just like something just happened, and I'm completely pulled out of the, you know, of the moment, like, oh, our dog came in and is licking my toe, like, I just can't, it's not sexy anymore, stop. (laughs) You know, like, dominance can feel, can see, can like, notice the, the difference between, you know, no, don't stop. Right. (laughs) And like, and and those kind of those kind of ouches. So like you know, if my submissive um, said something like that, all of a sudden was like ah, ah I got a cramp. You know, like it, I wouldn't just keep going. Probably we would check in about. We would pause. We would we would adjourn, we would we would move it. We would move the the scene so that there could be some release of whatever this cramp was because that's not fun for anybody. So uh-huh. like I think that's part of also what we're talking about is that the trust that like if something comes up. It will be communicated, and it can be communicated in ways that aren't, you know, red, red, like right, yellow. We need right. to stop. We need to reassess. We need to have a moment. Yeah, and I think I think where that gets, you know, kind of goes off the rails in interpretation is there are some folks that think that means like the submissive no longer gets consent, you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, it's just you know we're doing it differently. Um, but ultimately, again, like everyone has power over their own autonomy and right. consent and, you know. And ultimately, a DS dynamic should serve the best, the the what is best for both people pretty much at all times. And there are definitely ways that, you know, maybe what's best for my boy is not to get like heavily beaten and fucked and, you know, thrown outside in the mud and brought back in and made to sleep on the floor or something like that's That's not like your best day maybe but what is the best day is that they like to suffer for their dominant and they feel accomplished and successful and submissive and they love feeling that way right mm-hmm. so like it's a big it's in service to the bigger goal of feeling the ds power between us of of um, taking them on like a, you know, spiritual surrendering journey where they trust me and I hold them. And ultimately we come out of the other side and, you know, here's the fuzzy blanket and the hot chocolate and you're good. You know, I'll throw you in the shower, like tenderness and and caretaking, right? Like, Uh um, so, and that's what they want. So like, maybe they don't want to get thrown outside. My boy actually would like to get thrown outside <laughs> into the mud, but you know, some people would be like, ew, no, what? But, um, 
you know, so, so maybe it's not the best example. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's in it's in server service to the larger dynamic, and I think that's mm-hmm. the thing also that can get um, can get lost or confusing. Like the boy, my boy, and submissives are consenting to the larger dynamic, even if they're not consenting to the individual things, because right. they've said, I'm going to consent to things even that I don't want to consent to. Because right. Of that, and I have consented to that in advance. Yeah. So, they're, um, so I mean, they're still consenting to everything. They just yep. don't like it all. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> but man, they're like, I'll do true. it anyway, which like, we do that all the time for people that we love, even people that we don't love, like our boss. Oh my God, who whatever. wants to take their kid to their exactly. 7,000 soccer practice? Nobody Blech. wants to do that. Like, yeah. But we do it because we know it's in service to their growth and their betterment and their physicality and their friends and whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we do all sorts of things. We do things for ourselves that we don't necessarily like. Uh, and, you know, dominance and submissives have different relationships to uh, to doing something you don't like, quote unquote. And like, I know I have some dominant friends who will say like, fix your face. Like what is happening? You don't get to not like it. You can write about it in your journal. You can tell me later, you know, we can process that you didn't like this thing, but you need to put, you fix your face and go do what I just told you to do. Yeah. You know, I love that. And fix your face. Fix your face. I was like, <laughs> oh, you say that. And she was like, yes, yes, I do. All the time. Uh- fix your face oh i love it but you know in my own dynamic my boy um it's really important for my boys protests or uh feelings or um knowledge to like be listened to and heard so if there's something that i'm asking him to do and he has a feeling about it or a or a better way to do it or an idea that he you know he's i'm like i want you to go wash the car boy right now and he's like but 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 you know, maybe there's some information that you don't have. Like, did you know that I washed the car yesterday? Or did you know that it's <laughs> raining right now? You know, so so he really wants his like, protests to be uh, registered with at the complaint office. And then, <laughs> and then if he's heard, and he'll, he'll, he'll go do whatever, like, right. he doesn't have to get his way, but he really needs for his opinion and, and what his kind of reaction is to be noted because it feels that was just like one of his, you know, wounds about things where his opinions weren't noted or, or taken seriously. So, um, so if I can just hold on and go like, tell me everything you need to tell me. Okay. Thank you. Now I want you to go wash the car. <laughs> That'll, yeah. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Even though you really, did it yesterday. Really wise advice. That yeah. Is, that's super wise. And I, I would want that because, like, I, I need to be heard about stuff. Like, you Not get that. Not that it's going to mitigate yeah. the, whatever was going to happen from happening. Exactly. But I, but I just need to get it out. Because, yeah. yes, yeah, I'm going to shove cookies up your nose, but do you already have, like, cookies up there, maybe? maybe right. Oh, my right. goodness. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's real dangerous to put things up your nose, I'm just going to say. But <laughs> 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 that's, I don't know, that might be some people's kink. That's not really my kink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it is, I mean, it is really wise and honestly that particular dynamic of of between us is sometimes really hard for me because he wants to say he 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 wants to have his voice heard but sometimes it feels to me like he's pushing back on me and he doesn't want to do it so it's right it, it's still something that we sometimes struggle with but when i can be in the right mindset of like all right i'm gonna tell him what to do i'm gonna listen to all the concerns he brings and then i'm gonna make you know, a secondary kind of decision with if there's any new information, you know, that's a, that is a great way to be making decisions. Um, But may I ask you a personal question about that? Absolutely. Do you ever just out of not real spite or anything, but just because 
take it up a notch when you wouldn't have done that to the boy to begin with? I I do. (laughs) (laughs) Not probably nearly as often as he would like me to. I'm just saying a notch, not two notches, just a notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not as often as he would like me to, but I but I do. I do. I love it. I mean, he really gets so much pleasure out of not getting his way, and uh, that's also something that I frequently forget because I'll be like, "Hey, I want you to go do this," and he'll be like, "But here's five reasons why I shouldn't do this," and then I'm kind of going like, "Uh, uh." Oh, I guess maybe you shouldn't do that. And he's like, "No, no, no. Now now's the time you make me do it." Right? Like yeah. <laughs> now's the time. Now's the time you make me do it twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Wait." Oh, uh. So <laughs> it can it can throw me off as a dom, but I yeah. I do think that it's um uh Im- important to figure out in that communication of things like orders or force or overriding mm-hmm. uh what does the submissive need in those moments to make them feel, you know, safe, contained, held, uh, witnessed, heard, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's all we need in order to go and do the surrendering piece. I, I love this whole conversation because I think that's what a lot of people um, miss, even people who have been in DS dynamics or those new to it that like, there's this assumption that if I'm the dominant, I have all the authority and it's like, because I said so, shut your mouth. And it really is like you said, you really have to figure out and customize like what works to get your emotional needs met in in certain moments or whatnot. So when it comes to negotiating those sorts of things, because oftentimes we don't even know what we need. Like what I'm supposed to know about myself enough to a recognize it and b communicate it to somebody else and c figure out a way to satisfy it. Hello, maybe after three years of therapy, maybe. Um, (laughs) So what are good ways to negotiate this type of thing to uh, recognize them as they come up and like build them in? Or is it just like kind of on the fly? Is, Is there a framework at all? Oh, man. I think, I mean, so much of it has to do with self-knowledge, like you're saying, um, and which you get mostly from trial and error, Uh uh, you know, from trying things and then figuring, figuring out if it worked or not, and then trying a new thing or a variation on that thing. Um, And I do think things like therapy help, but also things like, you know, small group discussions around, Communication, consent, boundaries, desire, uh, power dynamics—all of all, all that is really helpful. I mean, my um, my own practices of DS significantly changed when I started going to regular uh, discussion groups and ha- feeling like I was much more part of a community. And I I think mm-hmm. that's an essential piece of of these dynamics personally. Yeah. Um, and you know that thing of like you know because I said so, shut your mouth. That thing. Uh, first of all, can be a really hot fantasy, mm. and there is a place for that in DS. Usually, at least in my experience and kind of my community's experience, that has a lot more to do with, you know, sex play and a mm. lot less to, and kink play and a lot less to do with like um, managing the day to day. Because uh, I I come from a very like tender hearted, you know, big feelings daddy kind of place, and. Um, and I want, I want thriving and I want to look at even the kind of behavioral science around, um, around things like parenting mm-hmm. and being, you know, and coaching and like yeah. the ways that we can support other people. Um, and the ways that 
to like successfully build up other people in both things like parenting and coaching are, are not the top down um, Mm -hmm. authority authoritarian kind of power. It's Uh the collaborative um, um, honoring power. Well, Uh, it's, it's funny that you bring this up because I was just thinking um, that you know, when it comes to DS stuff, like you were saying, that the authority stuff definitely has its place. And it's oftentimes in the context of like fantasy or scening or sex kind of stuff. But like the day to day, I really think doms can uh learn so much by taking from like the newest, I don't know if you call it trend, but of gentle parenting. Yes. Yes. Like gentle doming, you know, there is a place for, especially like you said, with the day to day kind of managing feelings and validation kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you, you know, there's lots of data about positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement and how much, more successful positive reinforcement is at things like changing behavior. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm much more interested in, in actual behavior change, actual, you know, uh, obedience and, and, um, and, and control. But the way that I get control is, you know, also through his surrender and obedience. And so I want to be trustworthy. I want to be like, uh, like worthy of his submission. So mm-hmm. I need to make myself in, you know, we need to, we need to have that, that basis of trust and understanding there all the time. So he knows yeah. that I'm not going to, you know, do like do something weird, have a really big reaction that is not in proportion to something that he shares with me or, um, you know, I need to be, I need to be a stable figure for, mm-hmm. for in order for that surrender to really thrive. Yes. Yes. Also, like, for the record, I'm not a stable figure. Like, I have mental health <laughs> stuff. You know, like, I got yeah. my own shit. Like, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect at this at all. Like, and and that has been a, a, a particular challenge in this dynamic. I've been with my boy for 10 years. And I, and I love this relationship. I wouldn't give it up for anything. But I... But, you know, my own mental health, the ways that I can have depressive crashes, um, complex PTSD, like crashes and trauma crashes, like has a big impact on our DS and Mm -hmm. sometimes does make me less of a safe kind of figure for him. So that is definitely one of one of my motivations for working with this stuff, aside from just wanting to, you know, be a functional human in the world um, and feel better, it is like, I want this better for my partner. I want to do better for, to show up for this dynamic because I want to, I want to earn this like beautiful submission that he gives me. I want to be worthy of it. I want to be, I want to honor it. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so important. You know, there's so many, folks that think in order to be dominant, you have to always be like, I am perfect. I am, I have everything under control. I have all at all times. And, you know, for some folks that is a bit of like living up to a misconception for some folks, there's a bit of ego in there, but just hearing that, that like, we're all fucking human. Dominance are not perfect all the fucking time. That is like, is key. And I and I think there's so much strength in vulnerability. I mean, you really have to be strong and and stable to some degree in order to show the 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 deep red insides, the 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 really wounded, scary parts. The even to even as much as like admitting you don't know something that mm-hmm. that takes a bunch of strength. And I would definitely 
um, if anyone's listening and, and resonating with this, like I would definitely look into work on vulnerability. And, uh, yes. and particularly, I think of Brene Brown's work yep. on vulnerability, but mm-hmm. there's other people too, but she's like really yeah. at the forefront. Um, and, and think and think about uh, both authority, uh, vulnerability in positions of power. And she does talk about that in her leadership work mm-hmm. and um, vulnerability in collaboration and partnership and the ways that it takes a lot of effort and strength to be mm-hmm. vulnerable and to share that. And I think, I think dominants really do a disservice when they think that they can't be vulnerable, yep. both with other dominants and with their submissives. Yes. Yes. Amen. So you do some workshops, like you do um, your DS playgrounds. Uh, so I want to hear about that. And like anything else you have coming up. So as listeners are like, hmm, they can go to the show notes, find your social media, mm-hmm. find your things. So mm-hmm. what do you do along these lines? So um, DS Playground is an online course, and it's not really like how to be dominant or submissive. It's more like, here's a bunch of exercises where you can practice being dominant or submissive and then have uh, have some data from that experiment that you did and collect the data and draw conclusions and, and then go experiment again. And draw more conclusions. So not so much about like teaching you this is the way to be dominant, this is the way to be submissive, as it is to say, here's a place where you can come in and explore your dominance, explore your submission. How does that feel? What does it do for you? What did you like? Oh, did you just completely hate this exercise? That's great. You never have to do that again. Now you have more information. Yeah. Uh, So that has been so much fun. I've been running it since 2014. Um, and we're going to do it this summer. Uh, it's going to launch in, let me just check my notes, uh, April and run in May and June this year. At least that's the plan right now. Yeah, that's um, going to be great for people on TikTok that like are pandemic kingsters that are just getting, yes, have no idea yes, it would be. what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yes, perfect, it would be. What a perfect and safe environment for them yeah. to do it at. Yes. And it is all, there's, um, uh, folks can do it in a couple or single if they don't have a dominant, they don't have a submissive, they, there's still exercises. There's d- the, All of the exercises are built either for, I'm going to do this exercise by myself, I'm going to do it with somebody who is kind of maybe platonic or, you know, we're not very sexual together, or I'm going to do something, you know, more edgy, sexual, kinky, like we might have an established kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so people can do it from from any kind of relationship configuration. Uh, one of the powerful, one of the very powerful things I've seen is both dominance and submissions coming, submissives coming into the class and, um, and, and saying like, you know, I was a, I was a dominant in this one dynamic, but I broke my, my partnership broke up. My DS dynamic broke up and I'm not sure was I dominant was I just dominant with her or am I actually a dominant? And I want to, and I feel really hesitant. Like I don't want to get into another DS relationship because I'm so hurt. I'm still healing, but but I still kind of feel this want and I don't know if it's for me or not. Um, And that has been a really powerful place for people to explore some of these uh, activities. Um, And aside from activities, there's porn to watch. There's erotica to read. There's some theory. There's some videos. There's people talking about like how to, you know, how to be dominant, how to be submissive, like their best tips for things. You know, we have uh, Lee Harrington, we have Madison Young, we have Melina, we have, um, oh shit, who else? Raven and Joshua. I think Raven did one. Um, Andrea Zanin. There's many amazing educators that have contributed to this course. That's Amazing. amazing. 
I love it. Yay. Yes. The other thing I'm doing in 2022 um, is a series called the Dom Sessions, Ooh. and it's once a month, uh, and it's me and another dominant in conversation. So primarily, this grew out of a desire for me personally to have some more support for my dominance because I feel so much grief and isolation from the kink and DS communities where I used to use in-person events and groups and retreats to really recharge and refuel my dominance. And uh, as I don't have that anymore, because I'm still not meeting in person yet, although I'm hoping this summer maybe to do a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, as I'm as I'm reflecting, and as we're going into a th- you know the end of the second year, beginning of the third year for this, I'm going wow. I need a I need a new way to to fuel myself, and my relationship is suffering. My own sense of my own dominance is suffering. So I really want some um, some pep talks, basically yeah. <laughs> some support. Uh, so I so I kind of put together the thing that I needed, which is to have these you know dominant conversations where someone's going like this is who I am. This is how I came to be dominant. And this is what I do to keep my DS going in hard times. And, and it's both, you know, pandemics, hard times, but like hard times happen in all kinds of ways. Somebody decides to go to grad school, somebody gets sick, somebody's mom gets sick. You know, there's so many ways that um, it's really a challenge to balance the like DS fantasy life and the reality that we have to incorporate. And in order to do like, a fully integrated DS relationship life, mm-hmm. we, we ha- the DS has to be able to stretch and hold those things too. So that's the, the Dom sessions. Um, uh, there's info about that on sugarbutch.net, but the mm-hmm. uh, coming up in March, we're inter- I'm interviewing Midori Ooh. and um, we also have uh, Sir Damien and Mademoiselle CC and uh, Anton Fullman who wrote the book called, Dominance Playbook, which is okay. quite yeah. good. If you haven't read that one, you probably know him, though. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So I it's love that. It's going to be a great series, I think, and um, I'm, I'm excited about it so far. Ooh, yay. I'm definitely going to tune in. And American Fuckers listening, um, I will have all of those links in the show notes and more. Uh, thank you. This has Thanks. been amazing. I'm so Glad we had this conversation. Um, and I, I want to have more conversations because there was like more sh- stuff we're geeking out about, like fantasy and erotica. So Ooh, yeah, I got to um, show you my graphs one of these days. Oh, like, yeah. I would love to. I'm working yeah. on a new theory about fantasy and uh, safety in erotica and, and, and in sex content in general, Ooh. sexual content in general. Um, so I'd love to run that by you actually yes. before I finish. I'm still also, trying to polish I would, it. I would like to have you on to talk about, um, it, and I don't know if, like that you're an expert on this necessarily, but I, do you have opinions on BDSM as a sexual orientation? Uh, yeah, but I don't know if they're all that interesting, but I'd be happy okay. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of like, eh, like, yeah. whatever. It, it, it kind of is for some people. It isn't for others. That's kind I don't really... I- I have my whole, like I did a, a recent episode, like one of my BDSM uh, freestyle episodes. I have a whole, I have a whole spiel. Oh, I would, yeah, I have oh, a whole spiel. Oh, see, I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, I have a whole spiel. And I'll, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. And in the, in the show notes, I'll put what episode that is because I can't remember. My whole spiel is... Uh, we're asking the wrong question, and I'll just leave it at that. Yep, Ooh, we're asking the wrong question. Ooh, I'm yep, yep. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Um, nice mwah, plug, mwah, Ken. Mwah. Right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, until next time, thanks, Sinclair. 
Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. Really, uh, it's a great oh. conversation. It's lovely to hear both of your voices. You know, if it had been, if we hadn't had a pandemic, I would have run into you five times I know. by now. And I know. So I'm, I'm glad we're reconnecting this way. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. What's that? You want more? Well, you can start by streaming our TV show on Showtime, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Then pop on over to SunnyMegatron.com. Everything's there. You can get updates on my new book, check out my sex ed and BDSM workshops, learn how to book me for your organization or for coaching. You know, we also want to hang out with you too, right? So come join our Discord community. Or follow along on TikTok or Instagram, Twitter, all the social media. I'm Sunny Megatron everywhere. And you can catch Ken on Twitter or tune in to his weekly D&D games on Twitch. If you want to support the show, a great way to do that is simply to tell people about it. Make a TikTok or tweet about your favorite part of this episode. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review too. And if you're a ride or die American fucker, you're going to want to join our Patreon community. We'll send you official American Fucker stickers, and you'll get a lot more too at patreon.com slash American Sex. Now, just in case you happen to be one of the few that still has disposable income in this late stage capitalist hellscape, well, when you're shopping for a new sex toy, BDSM gear, Kink Academy membership, or other things, please patronize our sponsors and affiliates. You'll get a discount and it helps us too. Win-win. All those links and codes are in our show notes. Thanks, American fuckers. We appreciate the heck out of you. See you next time.